Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. The other thing that's tucked underneath this, when you mentioned Draymond Green's name, super interesting to dive into the NBA analytics right now. Uh, Since Draymond Green's return, the Warriors are one of the most productive teams in the league. Like, it hasn't perfectly worked in the standings as of yet. Those two one-point losses at home a week and a half ago really stand out as, as to what's prevented this from actually being a special run. But by the same token, you can sort of feel something. It's not everything yet, but you can feel a little tremor in the negative system, if you will. Yeah, They look a little bit better. 2-1 and one on this trip. Sure, you lost in overtime when Steph scored 60. That's the kind of stuff that still makes you go, are you How? kidding yeah. me? Right, but but here you are, 2-1 and one on the trip and a game in Philly tomorrow night against the Sixers with no Embiid. Yeah, and it feels like Draymond Green unlocks a lot of things, as Steve Kerr has told us many times on this very show. Draymond Green unlocks a lot of players with his basketball IQ, his selflessness, his passing, and his defense. It's tough, man. I don't, like, I, I've tried to make this point all year, and I don't think that a lot of Warrior fans want to hear it, but I feel for the night-in and night-out decisions that Steve Kerr has to make. I really do. Take, for example, what we're looking at from last night. All right, so how do you play tomorrow night? Do you need to do a clay check? No. Do you no. Need, well, well, my point being, do you, do you ride with him again? Well, we'll see. And then if the shots are going in, you stick with him, and if you don't, you pull him. And then if that doesn't go right, then Warrior fans are mad. You're supposed to have predicted who was going to make shots in the fourth quarter. Well, that's his job. It's his job, but it's a little different this year, let's be honest. It's It's, tougher than it's ever been. You've got no idea who's doing what quarter and when. Well, you got Pajemski and Guy Santos in your closing lineup. We all (laughs) saw that back in November. Exactly. Exactly, man. I've been saying it all year. Can we give Steve Kerr a little bit of a nod of like, Yo, there's some decisions this year in a game-in and game-out moment that are tougher than normal. Um, And he's with us now. So let's head out to the Boxer and Gerson guest line. Steve Kerr sponsored by Xfinity. The Xfinity 10G network is made for streaming live sports, which means it's the network you can rely on in the biggest moments. The Xfinity 10G network, the best way to stream live sports. And presented by Great Clips in sports, success is about team effort. And the same is true for your hair. Great Clips, it's going to be great. I was just at Great Clips over the weekend and saw my guy Ty, and I loved it. He did a, a great job, no matter what all of you think who are watching on YouTube. So I, I, uh, I, I loved it. Steve Kerr joins us now. Coach, it's great to have you. And, and I know you don't want sympathy from anyone, so I'll ask it this way. Like, how has in-game decision-making for you been different this year versus years past? Well, I think we have uh, a very deep roster um, which is, has been really helpful, you know, being able to survive uh, a lot of injuries this year. 
Uh, I would say the tricky part is just the the um, the lack of clarity in terms of um, you know who to play from night to night because our our guys are very closely matched. To be honest with you, we've got a lot of guys who are who are good players who uh, haven't really separated from one another. Um, now Kaminga clearly has over the last month, which has been great to see. Um, uh, you know, and, and, and we're starting to, to get uh, consistent closing minutes from, from Brandon Pajemski as well, which is really exciting. Uh, but we got a lot of guys. You know, you saw it with Guy and Lester last night. Um, you know, there's a lot of guys who could close the game, who could play well, who, who uh, have the ability to be out there when we need them. So, um, I, I, you know, it's a great challenge. Um, it's, it's great to have the number of guys that we have, but it is at uh, times, um, you know, it makes, it does make for, uh, for some difficult decisions. Well, let's just stick with Guy and Lester for a minute as we're all starting to get to know them a little bit better. What's impressed you the most about Guy Santos and Lester Quinones over the last couple of weeks, Steve? Well, they've been with, uh, with Santa Cruz now, um, the last couple of years. And, and so we know both players really well. Lester is very athletic and, and bouncy. I thought his defense last night was, was fantastic. Uh, he had the big offensive night in Atlanta. You know, he's capable of creating a shot and getting to the basket, uh, and, um, being pretty explosive. So he gives us a, a nice quality there in that, uh, backup point guard role. And then with Guy, he's he reminds me a little bit of Juan Toscano Anderson. You know, it's it's all hustle and awareness and and cutting at the right time and getting the offensive rebound, sprinting back in transition. Uh, he's a connector. The ball moves when he's out there, and uh, and he just makes everybody around him better. So it was really fun to to see those two guys the last couple games. Uh, after all the hard work they've put in in Santa Cruz. Uh, great to see them rewarded and 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 for them to reward us too steve i do wonder what uh what what kind of a surprise that that is to you though since we're on this topic like if we had said to you at the beginning of the year that Guy santos would be in a closing lineup of a victory in february what what would your response have been <laughs> you know we we uh we, we love Guy in camp we recognize the, the kind of player he is you know an energy guy and uh, someone, like I said, who can connect uh, lineups, make people better. Um, I don't think any of us saw that coming, um, you know, closing a game, particularly with the depth that we have that I just talked about. Um, but, you know, he was that, that group that he was with was really clicking, and I just felt like it made the most sense just to keep them keep them together and, and let them finish, and they did a good job of it. Minutes for some come in the expense of minutes for others, and it was Clay Thompson last night not in the finishing lineup. Where is Clay in terms of his overall confidence level and his game here now that he's been not in the finishing lineup in a couple of these games? Yeah, we've talked, and you know that's uh, that's all uh, part of it. Um, you know the, the the communication that happens uh, with each guy based on his own circumstances, and and so right now Clay's going through a little bit of a rut. Um, you know, he's still a, a, a hell, hell of a player and a guy that we're going to need and that we're going to count on. Um, but this last week, uh, there's just been a few games where. You know, it just felt felt like it was uh, the right thing to do with to close with someone else, just based on how the games were going. And he's embraced it. Uh, you know, he's accepted it 
really well. I thought his comments after the game last night were perfect, you know, talking about the young guys and, and how happy he was for them. So he's handling it really well. Um, but it, it, it's, you know, it's just kind of part of it for him. It's, uh, it's, it, this has been a rough, rough patch for him. Yeah. I, I coach, I'd, I'd say the comments were, were definitely good teammate comments, but at the same time, He's definitely frustrated, and with everything that the two of you have been together, uh, been through together, I I, I wonder w- what this has been like to make decisions like this. How how much of a challenge has that been for you? Well, when you know somebody for a decade, uh, you know there's a lot of trust that's built up, and we've been through everything together, and. Uh, you know, the same goes for Steph and, and Draymond. And, uh, you know, we, 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 these relationships are, are really uh, grounded and, and, you know, founded in, in trust and, and respect. So, um, you know, these these are, as I said, difficult decisions, but uh, they're ones that, um, you know, that I have to make as a head coach and that Clay has to uh, accept as a, a member of the team. And, doesn't make it easy, but it, it does. It does mean that we just have to keep communicating, and and uh, and we'll we'll for sure do that. Well, Steve, this is a difficult question to ask, but 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 I'm going to ask it. Do Do you feel like Clay has an accurate acceptance of where he is in his career, particularly after what he's physically been through? I just think Clay is going through uh, what most if not all athletes go through at, at some point where, you know, you're, you're not quite the same guy as you were, you know, five years ago. And, and it's okay to admit that and it's okay to accept it. And I, you know, one of the, the things that we've talked about a lot this year, uh, not only for, for clay individually, but for our team is uh, as we get older, how can we win in the margins? What, what can we do incrementally better this year to, to, you know, to make, uh, to make up for the fact that we're a little older. And, and so those are conversations that I have with players and conversations I have with our team. And they definitely, you know, apply to Clay that, you know, when he, uh, becomes a playmaker out there and moves the ball, um, he is at his best. And, and, um, I, I think he's, He's still, you know, an elite shooter. I mean, he, even during a, a what for him is a down shooting year, he's still, still, you know, thirty-seven, thirty-eight percent, which is really good from three. Um, but when he's coming off screens and you know hitting Looney or Trace Jackson Davis uh, for a dunk or swinging the ball to the weak side, you know, we become a better team. And so we we talk about things like that, you know. And I think sometimes Clay is just so hard on himself and he expects so much that he just wants to make every shot. And um, it 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 can't be about the shooting; it's got to be about everything else. Does that make it harder on Clay, though? Because you know we all talk about the Claymaker game and the Splash Brother and all the shooting that he's done. And when the shot's not there, do you see that it might be difficult for Clay to really find his footing on this team? No, I don't think I don't think there's any problem with him finding his footing on this team. I, I just think that, and you know, I wouldn't I wouldn't know what it feels like to be Clay, um, you know, but. Imagine, you know, being that good, you know, and scoring 38 and a quarter, hmm. 60 and three quarters, you know, and, and then, uh, you know, two career threatening injuries later and you're, you're, you know, you're trying to find it. 
that can't be easy. You know, that can't be easy. So I think that the main thing is he's, he's still a very good player. He still represents something for us. It's very important, which is, uh, you know, the, the, the floor spacing, the defense, the versatility. Um, he still has that. Um, it's just different. And, and I think that, you know, part of the, the challenge for him and for us is just to, uh, to adapt to that, to adapt to those changed circumstances, and and um, and still be a, a you know a player who impacts winning, which he always has. Steve Kerr with us here, Willard and Dibs, coach. What what's the role of Steph and Draymond in, in a situation like this, where Clay might be uh, you know feeling that frustration? Steph is still playing at the height of his powers. Draymond's been amazing since he he's returned, and they've all been through this together. So what 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 are they doing for Clay? Uh, that's a question for them. You know, like I, I don't, I don't say anything to those guys. They, they have, uh, really powerful relationships and, and, uh, you know, you saw Draymond last night walk by Clay's locker and said, who cares? I got benched in the finals, you know, and, and that's a, what a great comment from Draymond to remind Clay that, you know, he's not alone in that regard. And, and, uh, but those guys are also close that, uh, I have no doubt that Steph and Draymond are both, uh, you know, g- giving, giving Clay the support he needs behind the scenes. One guy not getting benched too often is Jonathan Kaminga. Can you liken his eruption to any player maybe that you played with or anything else that you've seen from a, a player who's gone from where he was last April and May, where he was not even playing really in the postseason, to now he's an absolute double-double machine? Yeah, I mean, I, he's just had a breakthrough, and, it, and it's been so fun to watch. Um, you see the way he's attacking the rim, uh, the way he's cutting to the rim. He had several cuts to the rim last night for dunks. And, you know, the breakthrough has happened, and, it, and it's exciting to see. Um, you know, the the thing that I've just tried to remind people of the last couple of years is just, just how young a lot of these guys are. I mean, uh, J.K. just had, I think, 10 games in the G League bubble before he got here. And so what, what we're doing now in the NBA is what college coaches used to do, you know, 20 years ago. We're, we're coaching freshmen and sophomores now. And, and, uh, and so they, they have to become juniors, you know, before they're really ready to, to, to feel and understand the game, understand winning. And, and I think that's what's happening right now with JK, that the, the foundation that he's been building the last couple of years is really clicking and the, the game's slowing down. He's starting to, to, to see where he can attack and when, and he's minimizing his mistakes and, and, uh, you know, and, and, and we've changed things for him too. You know, we've, we've opened up the floor. We're, we've gone away from the, the two big lineup with Looney and, and Draymond. So he's got more space out there with, you know, playing with Steph and clay and wigs and, and he's really using it, and he's attacking well. So it's it's uh, it's fantastic to see his growth and his development. Uh, first of all, Coach, congratulations on getting a Draymond review correct. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Um, and, and and secondly, take us through the anatomy of that with 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 how forthright he is. I'll use that word in requesting your review when it when it involves him. Like, how do you guys balance that? Take, take us through what happens in those moments. Well, Jacob Rubin is our coach who's, who's got the monitor behind the bench. I always look to him. And sometimes the monitor either isn't working or he doesn't have a good angle. And these things happen pretty quickly. You know, I, so uh, Draymond happened to be right along the baseline last night when the ball went out of bounds. But he jumps up. He says, review it, review it. It went off them. 
I look at Jacob. Jacob shakes his head. He says, I don't have a good angle. And Draymond is desperately pleading with me to, to take the time out. And it just felt like the right thing to say, all right, I trust you. We got this. And, uh, and so it worked, you know, and, and, uh, and then like 10 minutes later, I had the whole bench, uh, erupting and telling me to challenge the foul on Lester. And, and that one didn't work. And, uh, I was joking with Jacob afterwards. We, we've had this process in place for a couple of years now, you know, where I don't listen to anybody but him. And I told him after the game, our process is completely destroyed now. It's total free for all. <laughs> well, and those are almost impossible to overturn. You know, the kick out, was it a kick out or did he impede the leg and, and whatnot? And those are, I think, much more difficult. But in terms of the Draymond factor, when he twirls that finger in the air, is part of you to just look away like you didn't even see it? Because Draymond probably <laughs> wants you to, to challenge 8-10 to 10 a game, right? Yeah, yeah. I think I think uh, the time and circumstance do you know help me make my decision. Like it just felt you know everything was going great last night in the second half. You know we really were controlling the half. The team was playing so well. There's a great energy on the bench. It felt like a really good time to just say, "Yeah, you got it. I'll I'll trust you on this one." If the opposite is true, if the game's going in the other direction, he does it out of frustration, I'm much more likely to pretend I didn't see him. <laughs> Good on, Steve. Steve Kerr with us here on Weathered and Dibs, 95-7 the game. Coach, how's Andrew Wiggins' foot? Uh, good. He practiced today, and he's uh, probable for tomorrow. Okay, and, and along those lines, and I know he's been there most of the time, but along the lines of, for instance, Draymond's back, Moody is back, other guys are going to be coming back soon, GP2, Chris Paul. And you've mentioned a number of times that you love the team's depth, but we're also, of course, clearly aware of all of the minutes conversations that that have gone on this year. So is there a point where that depth almost becomes a bad thing or, or a challenge for you? It's never a bad thing. Um, you know, the opposite is way worse, you know. Um, I think the challenge is just trying to keep everybody uh, on board and, and happy. And, and um, I give this team... And every individual on this team, um, great credit this year for sticking together in what has been a difficult season, you know, below 500. You know, we've lost a lot of close games. Um, and a lot of guys have not received the minutes they've wanted. And this team has stuck together and, and kept things going. It's why I actually have a very positive uh, outlook on, on, you know, the rest of the season. I really think we can turn this around and, and have a great year. Because we just have quality guys. Um, they're, they're, you know, that doesn't mean they're happy not playing, but um, they have embraced this idea of, you know, you, you support your, your teammate and you take advantage of your opportunity when it comes and you, you just stay ready. And that, that's what the guys have done. Trade deadline about 45 hours away. I'm sure you've had conversations with Mike Dunleavy. I don't want to betray the trust that you have between the GM and yourself, but what are these days like as a head coach, knowing that the team's starting to play well and starting to to really gear up for a run yet you may lose some pieces and add some new pieces in the next couple of hours yeah it's all uh you know part of the the rhythm of of every season you know you get to this week and you just don't know exactly what's going to happen 
The fact is, usually nothing happens. Um, you know, I would say definitely more than half of the uh, the, the times in, in my, you know, 10 years here, uh, nothing's happened. But um, the possibility of it is there. The players feel it. Their families feel it. Um, you know, so you just, you don't, you don't really know what's going to happen, and you just have to, 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 you know, keep moving forward. And, um, you know, so, but yeah, I'll be talking to Mike every day the next couple of days, and we'll see how it all plays out. But I, I don't anticipate anything happening. Yeah, Steve, it's interesting. And you, you've been very clear in the past with uh, the way reports come out on social media at times and whatnot. There's a report a couple of hours ago that termed the Warriors as desperate to make a deal. Like, what, what, what would you tell fans who, who listen to what you just said but see that uh, on, on social media? <laughs> well, be careful what you read. I mean, it's, uh, I, I can tell you uh, there's been no desperation on our part um, whatsoever. Uh, Mike is doing his job. You know, he's, he's staying in touch with everybody from around the league. So, you know, there's plenty of conversations, but there's uh, zero desperation, I can tell you that. Is it safe to buy a Curry jersey, Steve, or is Steph on the move? <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. Splurge and go, go, okay. go buy it. It should be fine for uh, for many years to come. I had to put you on the record, Steve, not to corner you. You know, it's not usually <laughs> my bit. It's a huge relief because yeah. I already bought one for my kid for Christmas. So it's a, it's, it's a yeah, huge relief. Um, Coach, uh, thank you, thank you as always. Philadelphia tomorrow, uh, Indiana on uh, on Thursday. Um, big finish to the road trip. Uh, how are you feeling about those two matchups, by the way, back-to-back and fatigue and, and everything that goes into it? Yeah, we've had a lot of games. Um, so I, I think it'll be five and seven days by the end of this trip. So uh, not an easy trip, but our guys are, are really doing a, a great job of um, competing and, and staying together. And, uh, you know, we I think we have a chance here to, to get on a run, and I'm excited. Um, final score, Niners-Chiefs? 24-23 Niners. Oh, crying Man, out loud. that's, a, that's not cover, Steve. That's, that's, what, Jake, on, Jake Moody at the buzzer? Are you trying to kill us? <laughs> I mean, I don't. I just you. You ask me, I give an answer, yeah. and then you're going to critique me. I mean, just. I'm just telling you. Yeah, I don't know. Point, I don't know if I'll be back for next week's interview. I'm going to be in the hospital <laughs> if it's that close. That's all I'm saying. Uh, go Niners! Yeah, there it is. Well done, all right, Coach. Thank thanks. Thanks as always. All right. See you guys. All right. We definitely. Steve will. likes the under. Steve. Apparently, but barely. <laughs> what is? Is it 47 and a half? I think so. Yeah, or 48. <laughs> 24, 23. I, my my guess was twenty four thirteen, but that's not a good guess. That's Ooh. just me trying to be like, yeah, double digits, right. y'all. Let's chill in the fourth quarter. Up twenty four six, and Mahomes gets a cheapy late, right? <laughs> yeah. Something like that. Yeah, Autumn. Yeah, so they can show Taylor. Yay! Travis got one. Travis cut it to eleven. Right. Something like that. You know what I mean? I don't need more stress in my life. Moody from 47. Oh, for crying out loud. Niners down 23-21 with two ticks left. Moody from the left hash. Snap, hold, kick. Okay, okay fun question. All right. If I offered you that right now. Moody from 47 the for Ni- the win. The Niners are down two with two seconds to go. And Jake Moody is lining up from 47 yards in a dome. Yeah. I offer that to you. Do you take it? I'm taking it. 
I'm taking it. I am shockingly with you. Uh, yeah. Because that that means can't do it. No, that means <laughs> that you, means Mike. that means you are like you are like seventy five percent chance to win the say Super Bowl. Eighty, but I think you're probably yeah, right. Yeah. Like I, even though it would freak us out, and he might miss. And yeah, he's not the most trustworthy kicker I've ever seen. They just had one blocked in the postseason as well. But I'd argue that it's more likely to go in than not. So I'm offering you right now a better than 50-50 shot to win the Super Bowl. How about this? I think you got to take it. How about this as a counterpoint? Down five, three seconds left with uh, whatever down from the nine-yard line. Oh, crap. No, I, I like the Moody one better. Yeah. The percentages are better. How about from the five? <sighs> it gets better. I mean, if you're at the five-yard line. Give me the one. Then wow. I'll take it. The one, but, I no, think, is more like a 30-yard no, field No, but goal. the defense knows what you're going to do in those situations. Like, you're basically taking me back to Niners-Ravens, who had yeah. four shots damn fade route. from inside the yeah. damn five or whatever it was, and they I guess couldn't it, get it done. From the two-and-a-half-yard line would be a fair equivalent because you could run it. Right. You could go McCaffrey. You can't really sneak it from the two and a half. If there's but you two can, seconds left and you're outside the five, that you defense knows exactly what you're doing. Good point. And I think you're less than 50-50 to get it. Dan Campbell from the seven-yard line. You're going for two? Dummy. There you go. I don't want that. I don't want that bet. I'm not saying they can't Would do it. Would you rather it. have Moody from 47 or <laughs> Brock from the two and a half-yard line? <laughs> That's really the one question. Play. One, play. one play. One play. Let's say it's, it's a great un- question. It's an untimed down. You had PI at the two and a half yard line. I still think and, uh, I still think your percentage play is to take the kick. Interesting. With a rookie kicker? Well, again, if you're gonna say seventy five to eighty percent, I think we would all agree you're you're basically asking me like a two point conversion. Which play, is about fifty five percent. I think I think if okay. I'm playing analytics, give me the kicker. Give but, me the kicker. But Brock. I know. The highlights. But Brock got him into field goal range. Yeah, good point. In theory. <laughs> in unless theory. it was a pick or, you know, a fumble. Uh, but this is all nauseating. It's great. I'll be honest with you. We'll save some of these for the stream the next couple of days. Grandy looks Are you like kidding? He, Listen to me. Yeah. My gosh. <laughs> Grandy, nauseating. Grandy looks like he's turning white as a ghost right now even listening to this stuff. Kid's never even seen his team win the Super Bowl. Right. Yeah, win or lose might not matter because I don't think I'll survive. Yeah. Like, I'm going to faint. I'm going to faint. I will say this. Here's one thing, I, and we could ask this one. All right, one score game, either way, three minutes to go, right. and someone's about to get the ball. Niner fans, would you rather be down and have the ball with Brock, or would you rather be ahead and give the ball to Pat. Oh, that's an easy one. Is it now? That's an easy what one. What is it? You want the rock, Brock. <laughs> you don't want to see big. You don't want to see Patty Ice rock, again. Rock. You don't want to see Patty Ice Patty again. Ice. You better be careful. Thank All you. Right. All right. You know what? We take some calls on that. Let's have some fun with this. Um, I like that one. 888-957-9570. Three minutes to go in the Super Bowl. Would you rather be down and big rock Brock's got the ball? Or would you rather be ahead? And like they used to say on SNL, here comes Pat. We're sponsored by Safeway. We'll take your calls. It's Willard and Dibs. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. 
With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Now, back to Willard and Dibs on 95.7 The Game. That's right, Mark. It's a tough question to ask in any form at any time of life. That was not a great question. That was just probing crap. Well, actually, this is not probing crap. No, no. Like, essentially, this comes in many forms, but the question is what about me? Oh, I thought you were going to say an even (laughs) more like a powerful question is like, how you feeling? And normally, how you feeling is like, what am I on a couch? Well, Hey, how you feeling, Mark? Normally, when I ask you how you're feeling, I'm just hoping and waiting for you to say, I'm good. How are you? And then I can just say, oh, I'm good, too. And we move on. But to really ask, how are you feeling? Well, do you really want to know how I'm feeling? You don't. Go ask your your grandparents. (laughs) Watch what happens. Hey, Grandma, how you doing? Oh, it's my bunions. and (laughs) Totally. I mean, an hour and a half later, you're like, that was not Can you help me fix my phone? (laughs) (laughs) I love your Ellen. That's a damn five, and I've never met her. I don't even need to meet her. Oh, God. We will be asking pointed uh, crap questions to Larry Kruger. Is that going to be on Thursday? On the live stream? Yeah. We're going to do that for a while because he's in Vegas. And yep, Larry, Thursday. Larry Kruger in Vegas. Stop whopping me. It's one of the biggest Stop. dichotomies uh, <laughs> ever. I mean, honestly. Larry Kruger in Vegas. I, you know what I mean? You want to go to Vegas with someone who's like, all right, I want to go with like Kyle Shanahan. Like, I want to go with somebody who's going to be like, let's get loose. Okay? Let's get after it a little bit. Instead, no doubt, Larry Kruger is like, all right, we're in Vegas. Time to go to the business center and study up for the draft. I know, right? Like, dude, play some craps. Do something out there. Stop looking at Stop film. Stop whopping me. No. Stop <laughs> looking at film of LSU because you think you found an offensive lineman for the Niners in the fourth. Stop whooping me. Jeez. Stop. Get out. You don't want to go to Vegas with me right now because I'd having to a, go to Vegas with you. Well, I, I would think be, it'd be hilarious. Be a lot of sleep for your boy. <laughs> 
having a young baby. That's true. Be a lot of it's like true. a lot of TV, <laughs> a lot of room service. This yeah. is how I describe parenthood. Like when you, it's for people who haven't been parents before, and it just starts like that first year of parenting. Oh God! A trip to Europe by yourself and back sounds amazing. Yeah, flight only. I'd be like, I would. Yep, fly me to Germany. When I land, turn around, come back with no one. Sounds perfect. Oh yeah, I would love that. Couple of Ambien and see you on Tuesday night. Night. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. So that's me in Vegas. Yeah. March right. Madness is going to be a lot of... Uh, it's exciting. Yeah, a lot of horizontal time for your boy. Uh, San Francisco Sheriff's Office countdown to kickoff clock says that we are four days, 22 hours, 53 minutes, and mark, 11 seconds away from the big game. Inside of uh, five days. Yeah. We're inside of five days. How you feeling, Dibs? I'm feeling more nervous than I had been feeling in terms of Why? the matchup. Nothing bad can happen. Well, not for four hours, 22 <laughs> minutes, 22 hours and 52 minutes, four days, whatever. I, I butchered it. Sorry to the uh, all, SF Sheriff's Office and, and your countdown clock. We'll but call you butcher boy. It's fine. I'm starting to th- I want to go back to the playoffs. I'm starting to think more and more about the matchup and you know what could happen and how things could go i'm thinking about chase young jogging or yogging depending on what you like <laughs> he does yoga after isaiah pacheco uh, i'm thinking about them not being able to contain the run on the edge i'm thinking about patty mahomes slicing and or dicing like a ginsu infomercial but wait there's more i'm worried about travis kelsey and his bad blood singing girlfriend going over the middle for six yards on third and five, eight yards on third and seven. I'm getting a little bit worried, Mark, about this Kansas City team, a team that I've been been telling you to worry about for a long time. to worry about. They're really good. They're really good. They're really good. Yeah. And I... The Niners might lose. I predicted a win over Buffalo. I predicted a win over Baltimore. You did. And I think that the Niners are going to win the game, but my confidence has gone from an eight down to about a six and a half today. It's going down a little bit. Might just be what you ate because there's no reason for that. Like nothing happened today. No. Well, the Niners can't even practice, Mark, on some mushy field. Well, it's Tuesday. You don't. And the Chiefs are indoor. Yeah. Also, not practicing today. True. It's Tuesday. And I think Thursday. The Niners might actually practice where the Chiefs are practicing. Yeah, there is that word that uh, the Niners, because that'll be their like hardest practice of the right, week. They'll, right. they'll, they'll go hard, and uh, and and they may not want to do that at UNLV, so they may do it over at the Raiders practice facility. They'll just have to do it around the Chiefs' plans, which means they may have to do it later or earlier in the day than they want to. But uh, they're big boys, and, and and they will survive. We're going to go to the phones on this fun question. Uh, if you were in a one-score game three. Three minutes to go, Niner fans. Would you rather be down by one score and you get the ball at your own 20 with Brock Purdy at the helm, or would you rather have the lead by one score, three minutes to go, and Patrick Mahomes gets the ball for the Chiefs? So we can answer that. We'll take the calls. I do want to get this off the chest, though. 
um, because I think it goes hand-in-hand with two of my answers here. First of all, I do think the 49ers are going to win the game. I think they should win the game. I think they're the better team uh, when they're at the height of their powers. Will they be? I don't know. They haven't been so far in these playoffs. I'm hopeful that they will refine that. But the other reason I think that they're going to win is because I think Kyle Shanahan is masterful. I think he's absolutely masterful. And so, therefore, with that said, i got to get something off my chest. And he's probably everybody's favorite here at the station. And I'll text him as soon as this, um, as soon as this segment is over so that I can let him know. I do not mean for you to catch strays here, Guru. Man, I'm catching strays! I do not mean for you to catch a stray. But there was something said earlier today, and it was just a quip. It was a quick side comment. And it, it, but it made me laugh because it perfectly displays, at least for me and him, the difference in the way we look at Kyle Shanahan. Steiny was trying to build a point, and he was talking about Kyle Shanahan's arrogance. But before he used that word, he goes, all right, traditionally, what is Kyle Shanahan's biggest weakness? What he wanted Guru to say was arrogance. So that he could make his point about the way what he says lands with people. But it's not what Guru said. What Guru said, without any hesitation, I mean, just as if the answer was right there. What's two plus two? It's four. What is Kyle Shanahan's traditional weakness? Oh, situational play calling. And I thought to myself, that's Kyle's weakness? I would argue it's literally what he does better than anybody on planet Earth. It is why he is Kyle Shanahan. It is why he's a head coach in the NFL. It is why the 49ers are in the Final Four for the fourth time in five years. It is why around the league, if you put Kyle Shanahan up for sale, no less than 25 to 27 teams would buy immediately because he is widely known as the most innovative genius play caller on planet Earth. Yet, yet Guru represents many who will, with zero hesitation, say that situational play calling is apparently his biggest weakness. It's what he does. It's what he does. Every time Debo breaks free, that's situational play calling as well. Um... I found that interesting that you that anybody would think that play calling of any form is in some way Kyle Shanahan's weakness. It is clearly it's his biggest strength. I think his biggest weakness is clock management. And I think that we have seen it at times at the end of first halves. And I think that you might have that rear its ugly head in terms of timeout usage and whether or not you go for it at the end of the first half, knowing you're going to get the ball to start the second half or not, whether or not you lay back. That, to me, is the one thing that you can criticize. Um, And I'm so glad he's listening. Guru, I love you so much. Um, He's weighing in. Quote, it's why they lost the 19 Super Bowl. Look at the play calling in the fourth. And I would argue what I look at in the fourth is, for instance, George Kittle running down the seam wide open in a beautiful play call by Kyle Shanahan that Jimmy Garoppolo didn't see. Didn't see it. Um, I would also argue that when you have a 10-point lead, we often look at play calling over what's happening on the other end. If the score is 20-10 to with six minutes to go and the other team ends up with 31, 
I'm going to argue something's going on on the defensive side of the ball. Maybe a little bit more than what's happening on the offensive side of the ball. Um, Never would I argue that Kyle Shanahan's play calling is perfect. That doesn't exist. Remember the the, the, what we played earlier. Listen to what Kyle said just last night. He's Now he's being asked about Brock Purdy and the game manager narrative, but listen to what he says about systems in the NFL. Well, it's, so, it's such a weird conversation to hear the whole world talk about this, but like, in my opinion, it, there's no such thing as a great quarterback if you can't be a game manager. Like, So I don't get how being a system quarterback and a game manager is a negative. Like, the job of a quarterback is to manage the game, and it is to run the system. The system is what you work on all week. That's what the whole line works on. That's what your five eligibles work on. That's everything. And the quarterback, if you want to be great, you better be able to run that system, and you better be able to manage the game. But if you want to stay in that position, understand that no system is going to be perfect. Right there. There's going to be times where you have no answers. And if you want to stay there, you better make some plays. And that's how you become a consistent quarterback. You're a game manager, you run the system right, and you can make plays. And if you don't have those three things, it's a matter of time. One game, two game, two years, it's a matter of time. But Brock does all three of those things, so I don't... I don't get what we're talking about. Yeah, I'm with you, Kyle. Um, And and when he says no system is perfect, sometimes you don't have answers. I just think I wish we would all watch football in a way of realizing that when a play gets called, there's a millionaire on the other sideline who's trying to stop you, and sometimes he's right. Right. Sometimes sometimes the players who execute the play make a play. Or they don't make a play. Or right, or your players mess up and don't see it, or what have you. Like we it's just so hindsight twenty twenty to look at a play and be like, Well, that was the play call. Well, actually it might not have been. Right. Brock Purdy, those three runs, that wasn't the play call. I think what Guru is referring to, and many people have pointed this out, in the Super Bowl, Kansas City scores and you get the ball back, you're up by three, and you run it once and you pass it twice and you punt it and you only took a minute three off the clock. That's what a lot of people look at as the big issue with situational play calling. Mostert gets five, second and five, you throw it incomplete, third and five, you throw it incomplete, and then you punt it back to Mahomes. Instead of three runs, take time off the clock, even if you have to punt it, you at least take time off the clock. Right, but that opinion is based on the passes being incomplete, which they could have been complete. They could have been. And if they were complete, and then then we... (laughs) But if you run the ball, even if you run it and you fail, you at least take 40 seconds off the clock twice as opposed to no time off the clock. But that feels like a loser mentality that fans hate. I I don't want to, even if you fail, then we get to punt, but there's less time. But if you're running it effectively, and they had been for the most part, I mean, Patrick Mahomes does not need a lot of time. Right. He does not need a You give him, ask Josh Allen, give Patrick 25 seconds and he can ruin your dreams. So, Well, they gave him 5'10 and he scored twice. Exactly. Exactly. They scored three times in the final seven minutes of that game. So a lot of people who have that same opinion, oh, you should have just run the ball, are the same people that are saying that Dan Campbell should have gone for the jugular before halftime. Right. Why would you do that? So sometimes you fight aggression with aggression, not I'm going to submit that you're going to beat us, so allow me to bring the clock down and lessen your chance to beat me. No, keep the ball. Get a first down. 
As you keep Patrick Mahomes completely off the field. But if you don't execute with a quarterback that you don't really have a lot of faith in, yeah. is that really putting your best foot forward? I guess I'm just saying. Like if, no, if, and if, I'm right, with you in terms of... The phrase is if you don't execute, which means it doesn't matter. That could be pass. That could be run. Of course. That could be flea flicker. If you don't execute, you punt. And that's where this discussion for me always falls a little short because if Dan Campbell on fourth and two has his wide receiver, Reynolds, catch the ball. If he catches that pass <laughs> and you move the chains and you go on and you win it, it's, oh, my God. Genius. He's biting kneecaps. That's right. He's got the biggest rocks in the building. Dan flipping Campbell. Oh, the courage on this guy to go for it in that spot. Man, Dan, coach of the year, coach of the decade. But Reynolds drops the ball, and the Niners score on a doink off a face mask, and then you fumble, and the game is tied. So now, all of a sudden, we're not biting kneecaps. We're chopping off our own leg to spite our face. And it's the same thing here with Shanahan. So I know what Guru's saying, and I'm citing the sequence that Guru, I, I would imagine, is talking about. But if Garoppolo hits Kittle, and you move the chains, and then you go back to running it, and then he hits... You know, Kendrick Bourne, and you move the chains again, I mean, and Mahomes never gets the ball back, and you win the Super Bowl? Yeah, my We're be- not saying a word about the play calling. And that is my belief. If Garoppolo sees Kittle and hits him, the Niners win. Third right. down. Well, and he had Emmanuel Sanders, and that was in the subsequent drive when they were down by no, four. No doubt. And the, but that's, that's a tough throw. That's a tough throw. He overthrew him by five yards, I know. Coach. I know. Coach. It, Brock Purdy overthrew Brandon Ayuk by five yards. It hit he a helmet, sure and they won. Right. So, the difference. you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I, that's all. That's all I'm saying, man. No, and that, I think Kyle that's a great Shanahan way to, to no, parallel it. Goes out a call of play. Like, no. Yes, but I do think at times, and I'm thinking about maybe it was the NFC Championship against the Rams where he brought Trent Williams in motion and he tried to run that wham block. Sure, on, sure. You Stuff know, has not worked. You Stuff wham is, block and you give it to Juszczyk yeah. and he gets stuffed. It's like sometimes he gets a little bit too cute for his own good. Don't you feel like as arrogant as he is, he'd be the first one to be like, yeah, that, that didn't work. That I did, had the boy. Well, I wish depends I had that on what he's do. been drinking. Yeah, there you go. You give him three Sorry. or four. Let me say it again. That didn't work. <laughs> Whoa! The way I drew it up, I thought it was going to be yeah, pretty clever. Like, come on, man! Like we're all living here. Sometimes you call it and it blows up in your damn face. And if all the it play make calls, you bad at what you do. So Shanahan had, and I'm going to look at the box score to get it exactly right. Thirty-one passes and twenty-two rushes. So fifty-three plays from scrimmage. Do we expect him to go 53 for 53 in terms of good play calls? And even if he calls 53... If he's a genius. If he calls 53 correct plays, are you going to win on all 53 of those plays? No. Someone's going to blow some of those up. Well, Jimmy threw two picks. Yep. And... You know, you had a couple of runs that didn't work, and you had some drops, yep. and the rest of it. So, and the refs messed a couple of them up. Okay, there it is. I'm wearing stripes tomorrow. <laughs> well, then I'll do it on Zoom. Um, let's go to Vince in you the won't. city. You're right, I won't. I'm not missing this week. Are you crazy, Vince? What are you doing, man? You're on with Willard and Debs. Hey guys, stuck in traffic. Um, man, but damn. Aside, aside from suffering a cardiac arrest with the scenario you guys dreamt up. Um, I do have a question to ask regarding this scenario, and that is, where is the ball on the field? Okay, so it's a fake scenario, so we can just make this up as we go. Let's call it the 20. Hypotheticals. Yeah, you get it at your own 20. And by the way, I'm going to take a field goal out of play. Let's call it a four-point four. game. 
It's a four-point game. One timeout. Three minutes to go. A timeout. The two-minute warning is live. And you want? do you want the ball with Purdy down four at his own 20? Or do you want the four-point lead and Mahomes has the ball at his 20? I've got to say i got to take the points on this one. I would rather our defense go up against that offense and have them drive 80 yards down the field. Now the biggest worry I would have is pass interference. But yeah. I would take the points. And I think... I think our defense would hold, definitely. Um, you know what, Vince? As much as because Dibs, you answered. Give the give the rock to Brock. give the rock to Brock. I, I don't th- want Patrick Mahomes I on the it. field running around, throwing underhand and behind the back. No, thank you. I think that's the first, and this is the Mahomes fear, which is building every day right now. Yeah, a- 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 with good reason. He's so flipping good; it's ridiculous. But. Um, I think that's the first reaction for a 49er fan. I don't want Mahomes with the ball. However, I'll give Vince this. If you ran analytics on what I'm saying, I think the percentage play is to take the lead and be on defense. I would argue that that is, if you just look, and again, sure. that takes out, but but who has the ball? Not just right. anyone. Pat has the ball. But I would argue, like, if you opened up, uh, you know, a game center file on the internet that tracks the analytics win probability. If if you're the Niners and you're up four, three minutes to go, and the Chiefs have the ball at their own twenty, wouldn't you argue that the Niners' win probability would be above fifty percent? Oh yeah, yeah, probably be closer to eighty. It'd be seventy-five or eighty. And what about the other way around? Chiefs up four. Brock Purdy's got the ball at his own twenty-three. It's the same. Yeah. I mean, it might be a little bit higher for the Chiefs because it's Purdy and not Mahomes. With all respect to Brock Purdy, and I know he's done it here in the playoffs where there were six minutes left and he led the team down the field. Much different when you have six minutes because the threat of running is a lot greater than if it's three minutes in our hypothetical scenario. But for me. Yes, the lead is great, but I don't want the lead with Mahomes on the field. I'd rather have the deficit. And let's go, Brock. Let's go, Mr. Irrelevant. Let's have the Chiefs have the ball, but sub out Mahomes and go with Chad Henney. Is that who their backup is? I don't even know if that's their backup. I was going to say Chase Daniel, but I know it's not. Is it Blaine Gabbert? Gabby, Gabby, Gabby. I don't even know. Let's go to Eric in Napa. Hi, Eric. What you doing? Hey, how's it going, guys? Um, big fan of the of the station here. Love listening to you guys. Thank you. Um, I just want to say something about Sunday, man. Um, you know, a lot, I see a lot of people are heavily favored uh, in in uh, Kansas City, and uh, yeah, that's cool. You know, they got Mahomes, they got the coaches. You know, they've been there, done that. Um, but let's not forget, uh, Barack is in his second year. Um, back in '01, Brady was in his second year. And he took down the greatest show on turf. So uh, I think we're going to see a lot of similarities. Um, I'm, I'm going uh, Niners 24. Uh, excuse me, Niners 27, Chiefs 24. Uh, Eric, think? yeah, thank you. Yeah, I, I, like think, it, Eric. I, I think that's really high scoring is what I think. I've long thought 24 is the magic number in this game. Uh, Lawler's Law, first one to 24 wins. Nice. Although, um, you know, if somebody gets, like, obviously, I mean, if the Chiefs go well over that, the, the, the Niners are, are, are dust. I, I don't think you want to get into a back and forth with Patrick Mahomes. But traditionally, the better defense is the one to bet on in a game like this. 
I just don't know if that's the Niners anymore. Like, oh, it's not. Yeah, I mean, it should be. But it's not. It's just not. And if well, you look, look at the metrics and you look at the season in totality and what the Chiefs did in Baltimore, yeah. I think the Chiefs' defense right now, with four days and 22 hours and change to go, the Chiefs' defense is better than the Niners' defense. I get where you're coming from. That's matchup dependent, though. It is. It's, it's dependent on a whole lot of things. Um, all right. We're presented by Fremont Bank. Full-service banking, no compromises. More of your calls next. Our conversation with Peter King. This is Willard and Dibs. The Road to Vegas is brought to you by Zenny, the official eyewear of the San Francisco 49ers. Shop from over 3,000 styles at 80% off retail prices exclusively at zenny.com. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 